Hey, welcome back to the Marking Out Network. You are listening to the AEW Dynamite Post Show. I am Dean Walker, your host for today's episode. You can find me at 99DeanWalker on all of your social medias. This AEW Dynamite was called Fight for the Fallen, and all the proceeds were going to the Maui Food Bank to help with those affected by the uh, the fire that took place down there. And uh, I think that was great of them. That was a very nice gesture, so go ahead and check that out, um, the Maui Food Bank. Anyway, so the show opened with the AEW International Champion, Orange Cassidy, taking on Wheeler Yuta. Now these two are these two are fucking crazy, man. Um, the matches that they put on make it feel like make make it feel like a pay per view match. Orange Cassidy looking like Cesaro or Claudio coming out there is backed. It was all taped up, um, because he's working his ass off defending that international championship basically everywhere. So do not take that championship lightly. You are working your ass off. It's kind of the equivalent to, right now, Seth Rollins' world title. Basically, they're defending it all the time. Now, Rollins, he's not defending it all around the world, but you know what I mean. Um, And Yuta, I wanted to say, man, he was giving all he had in this match, and I still can't believe he is only 26 years old. Um... And of course, during the hard-hitting match, the Blackpool Combat Club, being Claudio and Mox, they came down to the ring. looked like uh, looked like a bunch of hungry-ass wolves. They were just waiting, seeing what was going to happen, ready to attack. And that is when Orange Cassidy ends up defeating Yuta in a quick pin and gets beat down. And then this is when chaos fucking ensued even more. So the best friends. They came down to the ring to help settle the odds. And then the Lucha Bros came down to the ring. And then the returning Eddie Kingston came down to the ring. (laughs) And Eddie just went straight for Claudio. And then Kingston, he wants himself, and I, I believe it's also the best friends, but he wants himself, the best friends, the Lucha Brothers against the BCC. And whoever they find in a stadium stampede match at All-In in London. Then after the break, we see Don Callis in the ring. He calls out Chris Jericho, um, and he wants them to join forces. But when Jericho agreed, Don Callis was actually pretty shocked. Now, you can kind of see it on his face. Jericho did not say anything about his shocked expression. But then, in the ring, Don Callis had a... A hidden, like, uh, art piece or a photo that was covered by this big cloth, ready to be unveiled. And Jericho, he said, hey, what's that? And Don said, oh, no, don't worry about it, man. Don't worry about it. Let's just go. Let's just go. And Jericho's like, no, well, if you took the time to give this to me and unveil it, then I want to see it. Let me see it. And then he opened it up. And it was a picture of Don Callis holding Jericho's head by his hair. And it was, there was no body, just the head floating. 
Um, <laughs> and Jericho, that's when he completely went off and he was like, what the hell is this? What do you want to decapitate me? What are you doing? What is your, what is your goal here? What, why are you doing this? Right. And, uh, and then he calls Jericho an egomaniac essentially, because he didn't think that Jericho was going to be a part of his, his family, the Don Callis family or whatever they're calling it. And he was like, all right, you're an egomaniac. I don't want you around here. I didn't think that you would actually do it. And then Jericho calls him a low life. He's trash. He's a worm. He's an asshole. And that is when Don Callis slaps Jericho. Jericho shoves him into the turnbuckles. And then Takeshita, who is a part of the Don Callis family, of course, he jumped into the ring with the steel chair. But Jericho ended up fighting Takeshita off. And that is when Will Ospreay jumped into the ring and attacked Jericho. So, we are looking at Will Ospreay versus Chris Jericho at All In in London. That is going to be one hell of a good match. Now, I know Jericho is not, you know, Will Ospreay's age anymore. I, I, I get that. I fully understand that 100%. But I think these two are going to have a hell of a match nonetheless. I think it's going to be great. So you had Swerve's guys out here. The uh, I believe they're called the Gates of Agony. And they ended up blindsiding Nick Wayne and Darby Allen during the entrance. And even though they jumped them before the bell even could, uh, could ring, they still ended up losing within a matter of minutes. It did not take too long. But... Then, Swerve and Fox, they went down to the ring with some weapons and were like, nah, this isn't gonna, this isn't the way it's gonna go down, right? And before they could get to the ring, Sting appeared on the, I don't know what, I don't know what AEW calls it, I'm gonna call it the Titantron, but I feel like that's a WWE thing, so I'll say on the, on the large screen. I don't know, Sting appeared on the monitor, the screen. Oh boy, I don't know. But Sting appeared, okay? Um, on the television? I don't know. And being Sting, it was kind of funny. He was being, you know, he was being like... I think Sting is a is like a mixture between... Uh, the Joker and Jim Carrey. Or if Jim Carrey played the Joker, that would be Sting. If that makes any sense. That's my opinion. Um, and it's hilarious. Sting's always fun. And uh, But he had some news. So Sting announced that, hey, AR Fox, I'm going to face you in a casket match. Or what they call it a coffin match. At All In. So we had a lot of announcements made just tonight. And the show itself was fine. The show itself was decent, and we'll get to more of it in a minute, but I think what made the show even better were, were just the announcements. The announcement parts, the the tiny little promos that we got in between the decent matches made the show a lot better. 
Then we see MJF and Adam Cole. They had a pretty funny backstage segment where they they did some Australian-based things since they're going to be facing the Aussie Open at the pay-per-view in the pre-show. Um, and yeah, they're going to face each other later on. But like I said, this is in the pre-show, and then they will have the match together for the title later on in the main event. So they're going to have a jam-packed pay-per-view. But, you know, they were doing some funny things. They, were go- they went to the Outback. I- they did a ton of other things I can't remember. They... But then, MGF was showing uh, Adam Cole this video of kangaroos fighting, and he was taking notes on it. And he he kicked the wall kind of like a kangaroo would, and was like, this is what I'm going to do to them. And it was just ridiculous. It was ridiculous shit. It was funny. And then it didn't even end there, because then after the commercial break, you had those two in the ring for their segment. So you had that backstage clip kind of like... Uh, like a pre, um, a pre-tape, they went, you know, places, went to Outback, like I said, and then they ended up in the ring to do their match, so they had back-to-back segments, which I found even funnier, and, uh, acted like they, that the thing before never even happened, so it's like they're in two separate storylines, and they're not mentioning it, you know, that would, it was just hilarious to me, but, um, so Cole says, no matter how good of friends they are, when that bell rings, it's all business. And uh, and he needs to win that belt. He needs to win that AEW championship and probably turn it back into the original OG championship and get rid of the Triple B. So uh, I don't think he's a fan of the Burberry, but you know, let's keep it between us. Um, and then MJF had another great promo like he normally does, which was about... How his two dream opponents, he wanted Cody Rhodes and he wanted Adam Cole. Now, he ended up contacting Cody Rhodes to be at the all-in pay-per-view before it was an AEW event to where it was just the Elite event and it was a big indie pay-per-view or show or whatever you want to call it. It was in 2018. He contacted him, said, hey, you don't owe me shit. You don't really even know me, but please give me the opportunity. And weeks went by, weeks and weeks, and it just was a slimmer and slimmer chance until finally Cody Rhodes replied back that he is going to be at the all-in show. And MJF couldn't believe it, and and he got his shot, and he turned that shot into Tony Khan noticing him, which is why he got the AEW contract when they became a thing. And so without without the all-in pay-per-view, there is no MJF. And it means a lot to him. And Adam Cole means a lot to him as well. But the thing that matters the most, even though they're best friends, and even though that this was such a cute story about all-in, the thing that matters most to him is his AEW championship, the Triple B. And he does not want to let that go. So it's going to be business from both ends, no matter how good of friends they are, no matter who might turn on who, which I've heard, uh, especially on Freddie Prince, um, his podcast, he's thinking it's going to be Adam Cole that turns. And I feel like that's very, very interesting. And I would actually kind of like to see that. Now, at the end of the day, it's going to be a fantastic match. And I'm excited to see it. Now for the rest of the show, I'm going to put it into one segment because I felt like it was kind of eh, you know. 
So it started with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre match. Um, absolutely anything goes. It's going to be a hectic match. And it was Jeff Jarrett defeating Jeff Hardy. So all the Jeffs went crazy in this match. Um, and uh, it was a decent idea. It looked okay. Even for a sponsored match, it was a decent idea. And I kind of liked the vibe that it gave off when it started. It gave me like Halloween vibes. And I love Halloween. I love the the fall season. It's my favorite of all time. And I, I just, I don't know. I had high hopes for it. Not super high hopes. But high enough to where I'm like, I'm going to enjoy this. This is going to be okay. And so as I'm watching it, the beginning ended up turning into this like weird, just, it it was just, it was just kind of messy. It wasn't really like anything was going on. They were trying to like fit everything into like the short amount of time. It felt like it felt rushed. It didn't feel good. And then the commercial break happened and then they came back and it was just the same shit. It was just messy, but now they're in the ring and they have a ton of these other guys that I don't, I don't really know about and just a part of, you know, Jeff Jarrett's crew and it just, it was not good. It was just a hot mess. It was just a hot mess. And then at the end of it, they were like, all right, so buy the video game. All right. That was weird. And then you had the women's title qualifying match where uh, Britt Baker defeats the bunny. It was a solid match. It was quick. It wasn't, you know, your five-star classic, but I mean, you know, Britt Baker moving back up onto the ranks. I always like that. Um, it's someone who's exciting to watch. Now the bunny is good too. I won't lie. She's good too. Um, she has a lot of promise. And so I don't mind seeing her. I'm just saying, I feel like, you know, Baker has fallen down quite a lot. And might need this little oomph to get back into a more important scene. Um, but that's just my opinion. Anyway, so moving on to the Acclaimed, who came down for a match, had a good little rap. Um, and it was against, uh, I think there were jobbers. It was just a random enhancement talent, I, I believe. I'm pretty sure. I didn't recognize them, at least. Um, and I'm not knocking them. But I'm just saying, in, in terms of the show, they were randoms. They were randos. And... Uh, then the lights went out. And when they came back on, the House of Black were down there and they ambushed them and beat them. And the acclaim went down. Now, during the beatdown, Julia Hart gave uh, Billy Gunn's boots to Malachi Black. Which were the boots that he left when he retired. Or quote-unquote retired. I still don't believe that he actually retired. He is just kayfabing the fuck out of this, though. And it's <laughs> lasting a while. But I really don't think he retired. Um, and it doesn't take a genius to figure that out. Unless I'm being worked in a way that it was actually real. So, I don't know. But we'll see how this turns out. And then you had the main event. So, the Young Bucks defeat the Guns. Now, it was a solid match. It was still a solid match, but um I mean, at the end, at the end that's where things get a little spicy because um so the way the match ended was Matt uh he German suplexed Austin and then Matt pinned Austin with the help of of course uh Nick. They kind of like he was kind of like holding him in the corner a little bit and got some like, you know, it's kind of like a dirty pin. 
and uh, and then after that, more chaos. This whole this whole episode was just chaotic. Juice Robinson and Jay White they jumped into the ring, and uh, and then when the match was done, and they 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 pretty much just beat down the Young Bucks, and uh, I know that they were fucking with Matt Jackson. He has an injured arm. Uh, they, they, you know, put it between a steel chair and, you know, did their business and, uh, and right when they were about to really fucking crush him, that's when FTR came down. FTR tried saving the day, um, and the, and the Bucks and FTR, they kind of got rid of the, the bullet club, right? And, uh, you know, it was fine. It was fine. It did. It was. It was okay. Uh, I don't know. It's just. I feel like the the show started really hot, and it slowed down. I feel like if you would have reversed the show, it might have been actually better. Even though, yeah, the Young Bucks are more the the AEW main event talent, but I think I think if you would have flipped this show, it might have been better backwards. Um. So I guess, I mean, to give it the Dean rating, I would have to say like a three out of five. It was solid. It was good. It just wasn't placed right. It felt rushed in a lot of areas. So I'm going to have to say three out of five. Three out of five there. Not like my ratings really give a damn about anything. And nobody gives a damn about them. But anyway, speaking of ratings, go ahead and give us a five-star rating if you do so feel inclined to. You can follow me at 99DeanWalker on all social medias. We are at PodMarkingOut on Instagram and Twitter, or X. I don't know. And then we are at MarkingOutNetwork on TikTok. And our YouTube and everything is down below in the links below. Everything is on our link tree. Go ahead and hit that, and I will see you in the next one. Goodbye.